the last few months right from January until now has been trying to see or um, unpack what God has for us um, for the year. Every year, God always gives us a word, just like this year. And these words are not just because it's a nice cliche, a nice thing. But God knows the seasons. God knows the times. God knows the moments. God knows all things. And he knows us. And he knows where he wants to take you and I. And so because of that, he will always give us a word in season, a word in the now, a word for the moment. And so I always want us to make sure that when we have these themes for the year, it's not only in Tower of Faith, and um, I know it's many places in the house, uh, uh, in, in, the, in the body of Christ, the same thing, God gives a specific word for the local church, or sometimes even for the Christian um, community. And as so far, I think I've been sharing with you, it looks like a similar word um, is being shared across the, um, the body of Christ. Not that there was a, you know, a, a conference talk about it, but just as God has given us the word, the same is being used all over. And there are some prayer topics, I think, um, that we've been praying on on Fridays as well, as I hear clearly, not just because I think it's a good thing. And uh, for me, it's a confirmation, I think recently, um, Pastor Joyce would say it's um, um, something to us as a family. And that confirmed to me, as I was listening to it, it confirmed more so God's agenda and God's purpose for this season and this moment. And don't just joke with it. You know, sometimes we, become, we can become so familiar with ourselves, familiar even with me as your pastor over the years, that you may not see the level at which God has blessed us and God is blessing us. But sometimes, you know, the familiarity can even not cause you not to hear and receive and run with what God is sharing with us. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? It can be so, so familiar that because I'm, say, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that some of the things that we've been talking about from January, some of the prayers... Um, that the Lord has been leading us to be praying in this house, if we're to be any other of our renowned ministers and, and co, we will adhere to it and think this is the message for now. But God can use a small one who has just been born again, one of the children in the house, to be able to be to speak to us. It's the spirit that resides in us, God, what God wants to communicate. And you see, it is not just a joke. Someone doesn't just eat and think, oh, what is it that 
can be talked about or prayed about. There is intense prayer and search. I remember Pastor Elias, um, one of the times we might have traveled and he was leading the church um, for either two weeks or three weeks or a month. I remember he, he came back and he said, he was asking, how do you do this? And I said, do what? He said, do you know what you have put me through? I said, what, what have I done? I didn't know what he was talking about. He said, after preaching on a Sunday, what I, I, how I struggle, sleepless nights, to get another message. And also, I said, ah, so you also come in to taste. Amen. Because sometimes, it is not just picking a scripture. Because God has a word for each day, every moment, every month, every season, and every week. And brethren, God has placed us for a time for us to receive. And I want that to be receptive. Amen? Because God wants to shift us to a new level. We can't repeat yesterday's agenda and move. Amen? So we've been talking about renewing the mind. It's a very delicate, deep topic that you know, involves a whole lot. As I said, whatever God, the divine influence, cannot be able to have an effect over our lives or in our lives until some renovation has taken place. And so that is why we began from that angle and we are continuing as the Lord continues to unpack whatever that he wants us to have in our lives. You might have been born again last week, last month, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 100 years ago. But you see, God's word is always fresh. Amen? So we've looked at various aspects of renewing our mind and um, it, is, it is such that I don't want us to be going back onto it. But today, I want us to continue because as I'm saying, we started from somewhere. We are at a place that good things, you see, if your mind is not renewed, even when God, you know sometimes when you, you know, you, um, for instance, when you have, you are being told that you are good, because always you are told that you are bad. When you are even told that you are good, you can't receive that you are good. You understand what I'm talking about? Amen? And that is the aspect whereby God wants us to be able to have the, that, as, uh, what do you call it, bit, whereby certain things are washed out so that when he begins to unpack his blessings and the way and manner he wants us to see things and, 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 and receive and the blessings is God for us in this year, we'll be able to realize that we can't add those ones to what is already there until we have positioned ourselves to receive um, what is purposed for us. In Mark chapter 2, there is an interesting conversation or dialogue that took place that I want us to continue um, 
where we've been trying to study um, from Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And I, I know for sure I will not be able to finish this because that will also have to be another um, sort of form of series for you to understand it deep. I don't want to run, run, run with it. But it's very interesting. Mark chapter 2 and from verse 18. The scripture says, The disciples of John and of the Pharisees, and I want you to take note of that. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were fasting. There's a full stop there. <laughs> Amen. Then they came and said to him, that is to Jesus. Why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Before I continue, church, I've been very careful this year not just to come and preach, 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 hype you up and go. But that is why we've dealt with series. Amen. And as I was praying one of the days, I remembered one of the prophecies that I got, um, I think, from um, Dr. Sharon Stone or Steve Schultz. And it says, to be honest with you, a time will be coming that instead of the preaching, you will be, you know, it will be more of a series of, of what do you call it, um, of teachings, you know, because of the area and uh, the area the Lord has also called you to be able to break his word and so that, you know, the, the people will be able to eat it and run with it and be able to be built up as God has ordained. And uh, uh, I've realized that some of the things that we are looking at, especially this year, is more of, of, of uh, teachings, amen, because we need to take time not just to come and hype ourselves and get excited and hallelujah, amen, praise God. We go through the door and then we've forgotten, amen. But as we go through over and over and over, we will get to understand the subject um, the more. I'm sure that very, uh, if I'm to ask anyone what we've been talking about, at least since January, you'll be able to say one or two things because it has been more of a repetition, more of a progression, and more of going back to look at where God is leading us. And, uh, and so I want you to bear with me because that is the season in which we are. Hallelujah. Amen. And verse 19 says, And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or else the new piece pulls away from the old, and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. 
But new wine must be put into new wine skins. We're going to take some time and look at this. You've read it, I'm sure, several times. You've, 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 you've talked to others maybe about it. You've heard it being preached. But let us, let us come to Tower of Faith this moment and look at this. From where we've been looking at the, rene uh, the renewing of our mind to this point. Amen? Because it's a progression. So this interesting episode or account we need to focus on to have an insight of the new wine that Jesus was talking about. We've got to understand one thing. There is the account of the Pharisees and the disciples of John the Baptist. Or we began talking about the disciples of John, that is John the Baptist, and of the Pharisees. We are told that the Pharisees were fasting. Amen, isn't it? And we are told that the, um, the, the, the disciples of the Pharisees, sorry, were fasting. And the disciples of John the Baptist were also fasting. But somehow, the disciples of Jesus were not fasting. And it became an issue. Amen? We need to do everything possible in our Christian walk to move away from the consciousness of living by public ritual to a consciousness of authentic spiritual life. There is a lot of rituals going on in the body of Christ. We have been born again, yes. We have been in church for years, yes. It can be someone who just got born again today, it can be someone who may be even in a leadership position, leadership in a department, can be in, in any of the church offices, you name it. But what happens or hap is happening is that there is a lot of rituals going on in the body of Christ. We, 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 is, there is that, you know, which is done subconsciously. And that which is done consciously, it becomes so repetitive to the extent that because we do it day in and day out, we lose the essence of the present truth. We lose the essence of why even that was instituted. We lose the essence of what God is saying in the now. And so rituals you know, have become something that we have embraced that we do often over and over and over and over to the extent that even when God is doing a new thing, we can't see it. Amen? And even when God is doing something in that moment, we still cannot see it because we have become too conscious of living by public rituals. We come to church, we pray, we do this, we do that, we do this and that and the other, and yet we receive nothing. You'll be amazed that as the choir was leading us in, in worship and in praise, someone who would have been here and just, just gone through it because it is a session of the church. 
for our Sunday services. Um, well, we need someone to lead us in an open prayer. We need someone, uh, a group to lead us in, in worship. Someone, you know, well, I, I'm supposed to be there to be ushering. I'm, I'm supposed to be there to, to, to preach. I'm supposed to be there to do this, that, and the other. To the extent that you lose the essence of, so while the worship was going on, how were you able to connect with God? Are you, are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You'll be surprised that all throughout the time that maybe even the prayer will be going on, the worship was, was being given unto the Lord, we will lose the essence to be able to connect with God and be blessed and to be able to fall in love with God and worship God and just, just see God, God. Because sometimes you'll be amazed that it has become a ritual that if our song, our inverted commas song is not raised, then it means, ah, today the choir was not good. You see, the praise and worship was not about you. <laughs> the praise and worship was unto the Lord. Of course, you were participating and you were also raising, up, raising it up unto the Lord. But until you begin to see who it belongs to, you think that they were, people, they were singing unto you. Amen? And so you cannot be able to connect. And brethren, these things can be so ritualistic to the extent that we can come to church... We can hear the preaching. We can, we can be involved in every activity and still be at the same place from January to December. Another year will begin and then we'll be at the same place 10 years, 20 years down the line and we'll not hear what God is speaking in the now, what God is saying, where God wants us to go and the spiritual dimension in which God is calling you and I to come to. So in this scenario, the issue was not about the fasting. <laughs> Amen? Although the fasting is being mentioned, the issue was not about the fasting. Fasting is, and at the time was good. But the ritualistic practice which belonged to the old paradigm is what needed to be looked at carefully. Hence, our past week's of dealing with the renewal of mind to prove and accept the perfect will of God. Brethren, this renewal of our mind cuts across all dimensions or facets of life in our walk with Christ. In every aspect, every area of your life, every area of my life, every area of what God is dealing with us, the issue, as I'm saying, was not about the fasting, although that is what it looks like they were talking about. And that is what they brought it to Jesus. Two disciples are being mentioned here. The disciples of the Pharisees and the disciples of John the Baptist. We are now going to be going into it for you to understand where I'm coming from on this aspect. The subject is the new wine and you. The new wine and you. I know I've been talking plenty. But the new wine 
and you. Because the new wine can be present, but you may not be able to accept it. You'll still be taking it into the old wine skin. The Pharisees were totally focused on rituals, as we know. They were very self. They were into the traditions and doctrines of men. You know that. As we read the Bible, as we hear God's word. Anytime you talk about the Pharisees, anytime you read about the Pharisees, it was all about self, self-righteousness, the, the letter, the letter that was killing, and they were prepared that even when healing was taking place, if it has not taken place in a way and manner they thought it should be taking place, they cannot be able to accept it. It was just more of themselves, the legal stuff. They were full of legalities, full of the letter, full. Everything was centered about them and the promotion of man's ideas and the thought pattern than the spiritual. It was focused on good works. Anytime you talk about the Pharisees, the term talking about good works, no wonder Apostle Paul was even going about gathering the believers, killing them, getting letters for them to be killed. And this is the man taught at the time he was doing God a service, although that paradigm has been shifted. At that time, God was doing a new thing, but because he was full of self, because he was full of himself, because he was full of his own, the traditions and the mindsets of men, he had not yet come to a place to move into the new. He was, all the Pharisees are always focused on, on the past than the present. Oh, if we had done that, Oh, but we used to do this. This is what I have done all this while, and that is what I'm going to stick onto. And so when God is doing a new thing, you can't see it. It was more of forms than function. It was more of legalities than love. That is why someone will be healed, and yet they will come and fight Jesus. Then why is it that you prayed for him to be healed? And sometimes I can't understand that. Healing has taken place. A blind man sees. A lame man is walking. God is doing a new thing. But they were more focused on that which was legal. Because it was not on the day that they thought the healing should have taken place. Than what God is doing. Hallelujah. There was a tremendous pressure not to change anything. There was a tremendous change to make sure that which they had got themselves stuck to is what needs to be adhered to. That was the Pharisees and that is what had been handed down to. The traditions, man's ideas, man, what we want to do, what the man's, man's proposals, what, what has been handed down by men and what men felt was good. At a point, Jesus spoke to them in Mark chapter 7 and, said, and told them that you do so well rejecting the doctrine of what God, the, 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 what, the word of God and you are holding on to the traditions of men. Whatever God was doing at the time, they could not be able to come and accept it. 
They were rather more concerned about what they felt should be done. The disciples of the Pharisees were fasting. The disciples of John the Baptist was, were also fasting at the time. Church, listen to me. At one point in time, John the Baptist, John the Baptist, his dispensation was current at a point in time. John the Baptist at a point in time was the one who was speaking and pointing the people to the way of the Lord and to salvation and to baptism and to repentance. At one point in time, they were coming to him for, for, for him to baptize them. At one point in time, John the Baptist was the one who was speaking forth the mind and the heartbeat of God. He was current at that time. But as at the time that this was taking place, there was a shift in the paradigm. Christ. Hallelujah. John the Baptist, his message was such that it was causing people to hear the voice of God. Hear the voice of God. But you see, there was a moment in the life at that time that we are reading and looking at this scripture that the present truth, the present truth, the present truth is what was being announced. The time when John the Baptist was going about baptizing the people and speaking the heartbeat of God, you see, they were prepared to be able to shift when he said, listen to him. But the thing is that they were so focused on the old move. John the Baptist, as a matter of fact, even died questioning whether Jesus was the Christ. With me, church. He baptized Jesus. He made the declarations of Christ. Yet, at his death, he was in doubt, questioning whether Jesus was the Messiah. Because things were not going his way. And that is where you and I need to watch out. There may be times and seasons when things may not be as you think it should be. It may not be as you think the, the, the situation, the condition, what the atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere, what the move, the dimensions of God. Brethren, that is why we are moving. Please, I'm, I, as I'm teaching, I believe that I stand in that apostolic, uh, what they call it, mantle, and, and the prophetic mantle, and bringing a word to us as a church that we go to come to a place. You see, as I'm saying, John the Baptist was declaring Jesus as the son of God, the, that's the Messiah. But you see, he had come to a place when he had been put in prison, when he thought maybe the Messiah will come and maybe do some, want some hand somewhere, do some magic or what have you, so that he'll be released. And nothing like that was happening. And as he stayed in the, in the prison walls, he began to doubt and said, even this guy, is he really the Christ? Is he really the Messiah? There are times we speak like that. When things are not getting 
you know, going our way when things we are in a situation. Is this church? Is it really? Uh, is God really here? This pastor is he called? Is he being anointed? This pastor is he? Is he? he, 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 he these pastors are they? Are they correct? This 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 church uh, is, uh, is 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 God here? I prayed. You see, because at the point you are at a place in the condition in a situation, you begin to question. You begin to doubt. John was at a place like that. So what God was doing, he couldn't see and he had to doubt and ask his disciples to go and check whether this man was really the Messiah. And no wonder after his death, his disciples were still fasting and praying in the old paradigm and they hadn't yet been able to shift in what God was doing. <laughs> are you here with me? Are you, are you catching, catching what I'm sharing with you? Because I need us to look at this. As I'm saying, I don't think I'll be able to finish. And I'm not hoping to finish um, this um, today. Because it is the, it, 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 there's so much to unpack from this scripture. Because that is where the problem is. We are still in church... We are doing the ritual things. We are doing the praying, the fasting, and the rest. But the, the essence of spirituality, the move of God, and what God is doing as the body of Christ and as a local church, we haven't yet really been able to see what is God saying in this moment, in this time, this year, this season, these end times. What is God? And the devil is still tossing us here and there and running us around. And we are still doing the normal ritual things. And we can't see what God is saying. And the devil is sitting somewhere laughing, enjoying because he's got us all running around, not knowing where and what to do. And John the Baptist was in doubt. Is this man really a man of God? Is he the Messiah? Is he the one that I spoke of? Is he the one that came to me? And the heavens, the man saw the heavens opened and doves descending on Jesus. But at the point when things were not going his way, he began, he began to doubt whether he was really the man that he was speaking of. So in Mark chapter 2 and verse 22, Jesus said, And no one puts the new wine into old wine skins, or else the new wine bursts the wine skins. The wine is spilled and the wine skins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wine skins. Uh, 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 you see, listen, listen, church. The problem with many of us in church, the problem with many of us believers, those of us that profess Christianity, there is a bursting within us. There is, there is, there is that agitation. There, there is that unrest in us because we, we haven't renewed our mind. We haven't renovated our mind. We haven't allowed the Holy Ghost to do a work. And we, have, we haven't submitted ourselves for God to do that renovation in our lives. And yet we are crying for the new wine. And so because the old wine is still there, the new wine feeling us is causing us to burst. 
Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That is why there is that agitation, the problems that we are having in the body of Christ, in our local churches, in our lives, our homes, our families, our marriages, our health, our finances, our raising of our children. I can go on and on. It's because we want the new wine, but the old wine is still around. And so Jesus is saying that once we put the new wine into the old wine skins, there is something that is going to happen. That there is going to be a bursting. There's going to be a spilling out. And there's going to be a ruin. That is what is happening. Our lives are being ruined. We are praying and we are do worshiping and we are doing all sorts. But you see, there is a spilling around. Whatever that comes up gets spilled out because the old wine skins can hold the new wine. The new mindsets, the new power of God, the new season, the new dimension that God is doing. We are taking that all in and yet the renewal of mind hasn't taken place. The renovation hasn't taken place. And yet we want God. We were crying for the Holy Ghost just like the new wine being poured. And because the old wine skins are still there. There is that agitation. There is a best thing. And there is that problem. There is every area of our lives is going through all sorts because the old mindsets, the old mentality, the old, the old wine is what we are trying to use to be able to receive the new wine skins. And Jesus says, it is not going to happen. Who stop? Oh, are you here with me? Are you sure? Wine skins those days, and I'm sure it is even now, were made from the skin of a goat or a lamb. But if we look at this, um, the context of what we've been reading, I want you to write these things. Let's examine the context. So write it down. Because as I'm saying, it's a teaching. Let us examine the context. We are talking of a new wine. Isn't it? And we are talking of old wine. Jesus talked of new cloth, didn't he? And he talked of what? Old cloth. Isn't it? Are you here with me? All right. We saying that the new piece, that is the new cloth, will pull away from the old and tear and will become worse. Is that not what we saw, I think, in verse 21? Oh, are you here with me? Let's look at verse 21. Praise God. He says, no one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth. That is a new cloth, all right? On an old garment. Those of you who know how to sew, right? Or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. So the problem why we are struggling in our faith, the problem why we are struggling in our lives and everything that concerns us is because we are trying to sew the new cloth onto the old and so there is a tearing away. There is that struggle and so you, you realize there is that noise. There is that struggle. There is that, there, there is that uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, whatever that you want to say. There is, it, it, something is happening and so instead of things being patched and becoming proper in your life, in my life, in our churches, rather there is a tearing away and he says it's becoming even worse than it was. Sometimes the why is it that my life is as worse that even I gave my life to Christ. I'm worse before I started this. I started this, that, and the other because you are trying to patch the new wine 
or new cloth onto the old cloth. <laughs> Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? The problem with the body of Christ is that. We are quick to say that it is the devil. We are quick to say that it is the demons. We are quick to say that it is, it is uh, um, principalities. We are quick to say and all sorts. But we see, that is why Scripture clearly told us right from the beginning of the year that, you know, until we come to a place whereby we have a renewal of mind, there cannot be what, at, uh, what, what did we study from Romans chapter 12 verse 2? Until our minds are renewed, we cannot be what? Transformed. And you only get transformed when there is the proper renewal of mind. And then you are able to accept the good, right? Perfect will of God for our lives. So we are trying to do all these sort of things. And we wonder why all these tell. And Jesus says that the tear is made worse. So it would have been better for it to have been old. But once you are desiring the new, once you put the new on the old, he says it's going to tear and it becomes worse. Worse. <laughs> Amen? So new wine will best the old wine skin. Is that not what we read in verse 22, I think? The wine will spill. That is, it will get wasted. And then the wine will be ruined. Or the wine skin, rather, will be ruined. To realize that our lives are being ruined every day. All that is coming in is being spilled out. For 10 years, 5 years, 20 years, you've poured and poured and poured into yourself. You've poured and poured and poured into your, your health, your, 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 your marriage, your finances, uh, uh, your department, your group leader, whatever, your ministry, whatever that is. What is up? The more you're putting in, the more it's spilling out. Because you're trying to put the new wine into the old wine skin. Amen? And so Jesus in verse 22 says, the last part, the C part, if I'll put it as a C part, it says, but new wine must be put into what? The new wine skins. And there is a reason why he says that. He says new wine must be put what? Into what? The new wine skins. New wine must be put into the new wine skins. Old wine should be put in the old wine skins. We are going to see why. We are going to see why. Amen. I want us to look, look at why Jesus is saying that. So Jesus basically in verse 22 is saying that you cannot put new ideas. You cannot put new dimensions of the present day truth of the kingdom into old mindsets. That is what he's saying. You cannot put new wine into an, uh, you must put new wine into the what into new wine skins, and when you start from the beginning in verse twenty-two, basically that's what the Lord is saying. You cannot you cannot have new ideas being put into the old wine skins or old mindsets. You want God to bless you, but your mentality is still like old. 
You want healing, but yet you are saying that, ah, this, this thing, you know, look how he said, ah, this thing is in the family. Oh, this thing, that's why we're praying about generational legacies and breaking um, generational curses and all sorts. Because we walk about thinking, this sickness is uh, my great, 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 great grandfather. And then you begin to mention 1842. And my grandfather, uh, 17 or 1840, so uh, a grandfather will be uh, maybe 1876. All right? And then your father, 1920. So you are saying that this thing runs through. And so whilst you are believing God and prayer is going on for you, one, mind, one part of your mind is saying, but, but this thing is an old, old thing in your family. And yet you want the new. It's not going to happen. We want God to bless us in whatever area, but you are still stuck to the old, uh, uh, no, the, 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 the plans, the agenda, and the proposals of the enemy, and yet you want God to have a breakthrough. It won't happen. And this is not the devil. It's because you have decided to say that I am good in this area. I'm not going to let go. Oh, is someone here with me? You cannot get new results with old behaviors. You cannot flow in the things of the Spirit as you should until you get rid or renovate the old mindset. Full stop. We want to walk with God. We want to walk, of the, uh, walk with the things of the Spirit. Yet we want to deceive ourselves by holding on to the old mindsets and the old ideas and that which we have known that which has been around us, that which has been in us, that which we, we trust. Hallelujah. Note that the Pharisees and the disciples of John the Baptist were fasting. They were going through the rituals. They were doing all that seemingly was right. Now watch what I'm trying to share with you. They were doing everything that seemingly was right because the fasting was right. They were doing everything that seemingly was spiritual. They were doing everything that seemingly was, 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 was okay. But Jesus never recommended that. Hallelujah. Because they were doing it because they have to do it. And you see the show of, why is it that we are fasting and you are not fasting? Hallelujah. They talked about John the Baptist. But as much as he was relevant at the moment in the past practice, Jesus was you know, here to do something completely new. If John's disciples tried to make sense of it, what Jesus was doing in the new, if John, John the Baptist's disciples tried to make sense of it through a lens of the old mindset and expectations and regulations, they will miss the point of what is happening in the now. Are you, are you catching what I'm sharing with you? Because they have a lens through which they were looking at what Jesus was doing. They have a lens. We remember that about three or four, about, about maybe four weeks or five weeks ago, we were talking of viewpoint, isn't it? How you see things. How you think 
It should be. But you see, as you see that way, until you come to the place where God expects you to see things, you will think that that is how it should be. And so if John the Baptist, the disciples of John the Baptist, as they were fasting and praying, because at the point the man of God was speaking the mind of God, speaking the heart of God, and God was using him, they were, he was baptizing people, and Jesus even went to, remember that, Jesus even went and John the Baptist had to baptize him, isn't it? But you see, that paradigm had shifted. Christ or God was doing a new thing. And so from that lens, as long as they were seeing or they wanted to see things from that lens, what was going to happen is that they will miss the mark. They will miss the mark. You cannot sit in the church and say that we used to be five. We used to be three. Uh, when we finish church, I could be able to talk to pastor any time I want. But now when, when we, we finish church, we are, we are more than 20, so it's become it's difficult. So I wish that we go back to five. We won't go to five. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because you are seeing it from the lens of your, how you want to be able to have that personal contact with X, Y, Z. Amen? And not what God is doing. If you are looking at praise and worship with the lens of singing the same old songs, the same old hymns, and singing a particular song, like today I was blessed in a way, as, uh, no, not in a way, I was blessed, I think the English, I was blessed when at a point you, you, you sense the atmosphere and you cause us to tap into the atmosphere all right, in prayer, and be able to receive what God was doing. Not, we have come to sing, A, B, C, we are finished. Let's go, go see the pastor, come and preach. No, are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Because we need to come to a place whereby we know what God is doing and sensing at the time and fall in love with God and be intimate with God so that God can be able to download whatever that is on his heart to us. We need to be able to sense that. It can be even ushering. You may not necessarily be ushering every day. People coming, sitting down there from that lens. Oh, sit here, sit here. You come to a place that today, what can I be? Lord, I'm praying this morning, even as I go to usher, give me a new lens to see what you are doing. And you'll be surprised. Someone will come through the door and pastor will not lay hands on him. Listen to me. I'm not the only one with the Holy Ghost. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Pastor will not necessarily lay, but as you, as, uh, as ushers, you are already geared up from the early in the morning or yesterday or throughout the week. You fasted and prayed because you know that this is my office. So from that lens of what God is doing as a gatekeeper, before someone comes through the door with the person's need, whatever the person is going through, whatever sorrow, whatever, whatever that he is, healing, deliverance, whatever that he is, by the time the person gets here, by a handshake, a smile, you can even say, brethren, let's hold hands and pray for brother so-so-and-so, sister-so-and-so, before even they get in. Because by the time they get in, they've already got their deliverance to before they join the praise and worship. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Because we are looking at it from a lens of what God is saying and doing. 
Not how we will come and say that, oh, uh, okay, I'm an usher. I'm a praise and worship leader. I am a this, I'm a that. And so today I've got to do this and do that. No, no, no. We are repeating the same rituals and not seeing the dimension of what God is doing. Listen to me. We will only come to a place. People will come to church and go back home and no one will be able to receive because we are having a repetition of the same old rituals and the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's not available. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you, church? We need to come to that place whereby we begin to see what is it that God is doing in the now? What is it that God is saying in the now? What is the new lens? As a praise and worship team, you come to the place whereby you know that this song uh, that we, we, we know that we, 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 you, you are preparing yourself to sing on a Sunday, on a Tuesday, on a Monday, whatever day it is. You know, you have prayed and you know you have prepared yourself that you see, as the worship is going on, I don't come to church during praise and worship time seeking opportunity to go and lay hands. I don't come to church as a pastor seeking opportunity to see God, but when God allows that that is it. But I don't come to church seeking, when it's time for praise and worship, I personally want to fall in love with God and worship Him. But if God per se would like to bring, you know, you know, restoration, whatever to somebody, because the essence of praise and worship is about God, not seeking opportunity. But listen, what I'm saying that whilst you are here, you praise and worship can be going on in such a way that somebody will just be, be, be having a burden, something upon him or her, whatever that is. But because you have come to the place to have a lens where God is worshipped, the Bible's the the Bible talks about God inhabits in the praise of his people, whereby we have that, you know, renovation in our hearts, that praise and worship is taking place. You may not touch someone, but you see, healing, deliverance, restoration, something will happen to someone without nobody going to touch him or her. We can't repeat church as we've done 20 years ago. You can't see me as you saw me last week and cause me to conform to yesterday. You can't see me as you are seeing me last week and think because, you see, listen, the thing is that when I go to places and I bring God's word to people and it's like the things that happen, sometimes after the service I sit down and the pastor says, but why is it that my own people, Jesus, the same thing happened. Are you understanding? Because if you see me as you want to see me, you see me, you receive. What you, you, you get, what, 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 what were you talking about last week? What you exposed, no, that, even that is not the right. How you see me is how you, you, you receive me. You see, yes. Amen? Jesus was with them. He stayed with them. The Bible said he could not do miracles in his own hometown because they saw him. We saw the pampas on him. We saw him doing the carpentry work. We saw him doing so. Whoa, whoa, where did he come from? But then he goes to the next town and eyes are being, what do you call it, opened. Cripples are, are walking. The dumb, the, the, you name it, miracles are happening. Why? Because the dimension, the lens through which we see 
what God is doing. And that is what the body of Christ, we need to come to a place. We can't come to church every Sunday the same. We can't associate and relate. We can't, we can't repeat in, in our lives, your, 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 your health, your body, our homes. Brethren, everything through this ministration, I believe God needs to do a work in all of us. Every one of us. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? What are some of the properties of the old wine? I'll just talk on the properties of the old wine. Maybe only one because I won't finish it so that I continue. Because I want, I want us, uh, there is more to this. There is more to this. Of course, I have not even unpacked what we have read from that contest at all. Amen? The properties of the old wine and the new wine skins. Because we've read enough about the old wine skins, new wine skins. What are the properties of the old wine and the new wine skins? You see, when wine is new, it is in a state of fermentation. When we were in school, I'm talking of high school, uh, when we go to dining, some of us, uh, some of you may not know, there is a meal that they used to give us called kinky. Some of the students wouldn't like to eat the kinky there and then, as hot as it was. Some decide to take it and eat it three, four days, one week after. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Because at that time, you see the spirogyra. <laughs> the spirogyra and the bacteria and everything. Yes, I'm talking basically. You see the fermentation taking place, the fungus. I was talking of spirogyra. I mean the fungus. You know, playing on the on the on the on the on the kinky skin, jumping up and down. From one end to the other. And by the time they, you, you take it, the fermentation has taken place. When you, know, when, you, when you mash it, you mash it like NK. <laughs> you add a con was evaporated milk. Ha! And you add a little bit of sugar. Thy kingdom come, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. You know something is happening. Amen? So wine, when it's new, it's like that. It's in a state of fermentation. It bubbles and expands as the fermentation um, gases are released. You see, when the Holy Ghost comes upon us, there is the bubbling. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? There is that bubbling of the Spirit. Amen. There is, we need to have room for, ex you see, the reason why we are talking, we're going, we're going to be studying deep things. The new wine skin is, there, there should be an expansion. Amen. A new wine wants a new wine skin because there should be room for expansion. And there is the bubbling of the spirit. And with the fermentation, you see, that is what came to the disciples. When they, these people who were frail and people who were unlearned, people who didn't know whatever what, no, was going on, when the Lord had worked on them and the Holy Ghost came upon them, there was the bubbling of the spirit. There was an expansion in the realms of the spirit. And they could stand up and they were full of the Holy Ghost and speak 
in such a way that people will be wondering what is going on. Because the new wine has been poured into a new wine skin. You know, what surprises me, I don't hear much about the disciples apart from when Mark Mark and that one even that was yeah that was Mark and Paul so that is different but the disciples itself you know before the Lord died who sit on your left who sit on your right huh? who is the greatest who is the, didn't we see all these things but after the um, the baptism of the Holy Ghost did we did we see a record of some of these things the certain things have been dangerous these things are childish who will sit back forward sideways up it's not the issue it's the kingdom practice. Hallelujah. So a fresh new wine, a new wine always needs, or it's in the process of fermentation, and there's a bubbling and expansion of fermentation, and the gases are released. And you see, as the gases are released, if the old wine skin is still there, there's going to be a tearing. So a fresh Pliable wine skin can absorb such expansion and slowly age with the wine until the fermentation process is complete. It slowly ages with it bit by bit until that fermentation process has taken place. So putting such a fresh wine into an old wine skin is only asking for trouble. That is why a lot of us filled with the Holy Ghost. We come to church every time. We hear God's word. And there is a struggle in our minds. Struggle in our souls. Struggle in our lives. Struggle in every area. Because you have heard what is God's word. But you want to hold on to what you don't want to let go. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? So there is that bubbling. There is that struggle. There is always that thing going on. And the Holy Ghost can't have his own way in our lives. We want this, at the same time we want that. <laughs> Amen? Why am I saying that you are only asking for trouble? Because the old wineskin has assumed, now watch this, write this down. The reason why you are asking for trouble when you put the fresh wine into an old wineskin, the reason why you are asking for trouble is this. The old wine skin has assumed a definite shape and it's not ready or no longer, you know, you know, prepared to reshape. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? The old wine skin, the problem with us is that we've already taken shape. Our old mindsets, our wine skin, our old mindset, our, 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 our own renewed mind has already taken shape. And we are so restricted that no matter what the Holy Ghost is doing, we are not prepared to let it reshape us. That is what the old wine does. The old wine skin, sorry. You see, the problem when there is an old wine, there's no problem it being in an old wine skin. 
because that's already taking shape, taking you know, it is fixed. Are you catching that? It's, it has aged with it, so it is there. That is why it says we have conformed to the standards of the world. Hello, are you, are you here with me, church? You have conformed with it because you, it is it is known. You have tested it. You have tested it in your class. You have tested it in your family. You have tested it in your community. You have tested it in in your country. You have tested it wherever that it is. So you have grown with it. You have aged with it, and so it is. There's no big deal. But once you are asking for the new move, the new season, as a church, if God wants to do a new thing and we want to stay in our old mindsets, I'm telling you, I'm telling you something here today that we cannot be able to receive it and run with. It because our mindset is said that there is going to be a best thing. Because you are already shaped. That is what it is. It has taken a definite shape. You see, if we come to church and we have taken a definite shape in our church, if we come to uh, in our services and we have taken a definite shape that this is what it is, we have taken a definite shape in our lives, in our homes, in our health, everything that concerns us. Let me tell you something. Once that shape has already been taken, there is nothing. If you are, as long as you're not ready to let go of the old wine skin, you can't pour the new wine of what God is doing into the old wine skin. <laughs> Are you here with me? Number two. The old wine skin, I said, is what? Fixed. Number one, it's like taking a definite shape, isn't it? That is why our lives are already shaped. Some of us, our lives are already been uh, taking a shape. Our churches are taking a shape. So no matter what God is speaking to you, what the Lord is ministering, let me tell you something. I, if you be very you know, genuine with God and the Holy Ghost, I know that every one of us, God has been speaking to us about something. God has been prompting us about something. But we are already shaped in our, th our thoughts. We are shaped in our mindsets. We have, we, we, we have come to a place we are not ready to let go because that is what we want to hold on to. No matter what God wants to do, we can come to church and God will move. No matter what you, uh, it's like some people, some people said when they, they go uh, uh, for, uh, into the prayer line and they are being prayed for, Kai, they will, you, you can push, you can bring articulator, they will do that. You push, I, I'm, I'm not falling under the anointing. You know why? Some, some, many of us think that anytime someone falls down, it means that he has a demon. So me, I won't fall. So that everybody thinks that I'm a demon. But again, you can fall 300 times and you may still not be renewed. Because you fall and you go back. That's what I'm talking about repentance. The anointing, God will break whatever that is, but you still go and hold on to it because you don't want to let go. So the old wine skin is fixed and somewhat, once it is fixed, it is brittle. Are you here with me? It's brittle. And anything that is brittle, that's what breaks. The reason why there's a lot of breaking, the reason why there's a lot of besting, the reason why there's a lot of tearing, is because we are putting in the old, the new wine into the old wine skin. And the activity of the new wine will stress it beyond its ability to yield. Hence, both the wine and the skin are lost. That is a big waste. 
We spend time to pray, but we walk in yesterday's mindset. We spend time to fast. That's what they were doing, the Pharisees and the, the John the Baptist's disciples. They were fasting and praying, but you see, after the fasting and praying, they were doing, they, they, I'm sure even if Jesus does a miracle, they will still go back and say, that, why did you, after the fasting, <laughs> oh, are you here with me? After the fasting and prayer, if Jesus is to heal somebody right now, they will say that if, assuming it, he, he's, he, he or she is healed on the Sabbath, if they, they fast on Friday or they fast even on Saturday and there's a healing, they say, why did you heal? Meanwhile, so why were you healing uh, the fasting? Because their mindsets are fixed. The problem of the old and new, when we get born again, is where we've been looking at in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, right from the beginning of the year. God or the divine cannot influence us as he would like to. Simply because we want an influence from God, but we want him to pour it in an old wine skin. It never will happen. Amen. We can't put new ideas into old mindsets. We can't get new results with old behaviors. Trying to put the new wine of a trimmer body into the old wine skin of an established and an ingrained poor eating pattern cannot bring lasting results. Habits unchecked are stronger than conscious willpower every time. We've got to understand what's going on at the level of our unconscious behavior. That is only when you can take control and bring into power to bear what is present in the now. The need for renewal of mind and renovation is imperative. Your old nature will always rise up. I'll be ending very soon here because um, there is so much. I'm saying that your old nature will always rise up. It will always rise up. The way and manner you used to think, the way and manner you used to, to do things, the way and manner you used to, to you know, you, you think smart, you know, all the, it will always rise up. We looked at that, didn't we, um, during that diagram, isn't it? When, when the, the Word of God has come to break those strongholds, you see that they will always try coming back. They will try coming back. You can come to prayer, you can come to whatever and everything, but you see, the thing is that you want, because that is what you are used to. Amen. The enemy will like to use that unless you are ready to surrender the old for the new, genuinely. The Pharisees believed in traditions, falsehood. They believed in the letter. They were unyielding. They were fixed. Yet they were going about persecuting Jesus and saying all sorts about him. John the Baptist's disciples did the same, yet they were practicing the rituals. The problem is the mindset. Hallelujah. Behaviors, everything that the Lord is calling us onto needs to be renewed in order for him to be able to pour. I want to end here, but let me share something with you. 
maybe next week I'll expand on that. Do you know when Israel was in Egypt? Please, yes, listen, I'll be finishing. I know I've taken your time. Well, yes, we are still on time. But I want, I want to share this truth with you. When Israel was in Egypt, watch this. God had already spoken to them that he would bless them. God had brought a deliverer. They were in servitude. Watch this. God was taking them to a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Catch this. They decided to follow Moses because where they were was a place of slavery, servitude. So when he came and said that we're taking you to a place of, uh, of plenty, they wanted to. But the problem is that whilst they were moving with Moses, expecting to go to the land flowing with milk and honey, they had the old wine skin. Is somebody catching what I'm saying? So as much as they wanted to embrace the new move and the blessing of God, the old wine skin was still there. No matter what God did, they always complained. And said, we wish we were in Egypt. Oh, somebody catching what I'm saying. We wish we were in Egypt. Their bodies were here, but their minds were still in Egypt. But the danger of it all was the mixed multitude. You've got to be very careful about the mixed multitude. They'll always show up in your life. They'll show up in your surroundings. They'll show up in, in friendship. They'll show up family. They'll show up in church. They'll show up at your workplace. The mixed multitude will always show up and try to point you to a place where they'll try to refer to you that, ah, when we were there, were we not getting this? Why are you just so holding on to this? But you see, the problem with the missed multitude is something I'll deal with next week. God willing. Hallelujah. I want to be blessed, you want to be blessed. But I don't want the situation whereby when God is taking me to the land flowing with milk and honey, I still want to hold on to the lentil and whatever that I was getting from Egypt. I'm not surprised at a point God had to wipe a whole generation. The reason why the body of Christ, we haven't moved to the next level. Is because we want the beauty of the new wine. Yet we are holding on to the old wine skin. And so there is all sorts taking place in church. 
All sorts taking place in our homes. All sorts taking place in our bodies. All sorts taking place in our communities. All sorts taking place in our families. Simply because we want the beauty and the place that we think God should take us. But the problem with us is we haven't come to the place of repentance. To let go of yesterday. If God would turn this church around to the place where he wants us to, we need to put on the new wine skin. Hallelujah.